Support for this episode comes from Beerwolf. Beerwolf understands that never before have so many incredible flavors, styles, and brands been waiting to be discovered. That's why Beerwolf has built an online store to make it easier for you to find delicious beer in a way that's affordable, convenient, and fun. Beerwolf.com gives you access to hundreds of beers from local and international brewers at the touch of a button, delivered direct to your doorstep in just 24 hours. To find out more about Beerwolf, head on over to Beerwolf.com. That's wolf with a U, beerwolf.com, and discover your new favourite beer. Whether that's a New England IPA or a Belgian blonde, there's a world of beer to unlock. Cheers to that. explain the concept of um, the baking bakery industry having a byproduct and it usually going to waste but it being turned into delicious beer so that people can enjoy a beer and do their bit for the planet all profits going back to a charity as well um, it's just a really nice win-win welcome to the brewers journal podcast I'm your host for this episode, Rian Owen. 2009 was a big year for highlighting the UK's problem around food wastage. Food waste was firmly in the spotlight, spawning new policies and research. The government acknowledged that food wastage was an international policy issue requiring urgent action worldwide. And at the same time, the UK's war on waste plans were introduced by then Environment Secretary Hilary Benn. Also in 2009, Tristan Stewart's book, Waste, Uncovering the Global Food Scandal, describing the problem of food waste, was published. Tristan would later go on to launch the ethical beer brand Toast, which is brewed using surplus fresh bread. We spoke with Louisa Zion, the co-founder in London, over one of their bottles. I think food waste first came to light really around 2009. Uh, so our founder, Tristram Stewart, he... Um, had written a book called Waste that looked at the global problem um, of food waste. That's looking at the resources that go into producing the food right through to the end-of-life problems that food waste causes. Um, And he organised an event called Feeding the 5000 in Trafalgar Square that was really kind of the first big public event talking about food waste, uh, the scale of it, but also embracing it as a, a really relatively simple problem for us to solve because essentially we just need to value the food that we're producing and then make sure that we're eating it instead of wasting it. So compared to some environmental problems it is relatively simple one and a delicious one to solve. It is often dubbed one of the world's dumbest problems but food waste despite some good intentions is still at crisis level. While 2009 was an important year in exposing the issues of food waste According to RAP, an organisation that works with the food and drink industry to create economic and environmental value from reducing food waste, the estimated total UK post-farmgate food and drink waste is still gigantic. It's around 10 million tonnes per year, 70% of which they state could have been avoided. And the value? It's over £20 billion a year. And there has been, I think, a real growing awareness. Feedback, the charity that he founded off the back of that event, have been campaigning uh, since since that event 
um, and I'd say nearly 10 years now and they've had quite a lot of success uh, both at a government level so talking to policy makers um, and also at an industry level as a critical friend I'd say to organizations like the supermarkets uh, to encourage them to first of all to measure the amount of food waste and then to report it which is always the first two steps before being able to do something about it Um, and I think we have seen a real shift so you'll see for example Tesco the biggest supermarket talk quite often about the the measures that they're taking around food waste Um, they've been very transparent about some of the problems that they're facing and what they're doing to address those I think there's still quite a long way to go because we talk about Uh, food waste back of store food waste from the supermarkets Uh, we talk about food waste that happens in people's homes as well it's commonly quoted that 50% of food waste happens in the home but one of the problems is that we don't know what is happening upstream so before the food is even getting to the supermarkets what is happening um, in the fields and often due to consumers desires over what we eat which influences supermarkets policies around what they sell so the size of fruit and veg the color um, the way it's packaged all of that can lead to um, waste in the supply chain so supermarkets sometimes cancel orders um, because the produce doesn't meet the cosmetic standards that are, are required and then huge amounts of waste is happening on field that's not necessarily measured because there are not the mechanisms in place to do so and often that food can't be can't be fed to people because uh, it's the orders are cancelled at such a late stage that it's too late really to get that food to market Um, and it's too costly for the farmer to harvest it so it tends to be often left to rot or ploughed back into into the fields. So I think there's still a huge amount that we need to do around measuring that upstream stage of food waste. But with the growing awareness of food waste that Louisa spoke about, a raft of new product developments have launched on the back of our food waste problem. I think definitely there has been this big shift of small disruptive businesses that are seeing that there are byproducts from industries or products that would otherwise have been wasted that are perfectly edible um, and can be used to create new products, um, even upcycled, so used to create products that are, are of a higher value than the original product that would have been wasted. Like toast. And Louisa said the opportunities in the brewing industry are vast. There are great opportunities environmentally, but also socially. I think some of those, some of the bigger companies are seeing that happen. And in the same way that you know, they have innovation arms to react to changing consumer trends and competitors, they're seeing the successes of these small brands and, and reacting themselves. I think there is also a level of some of these big companies wanting to genuinely um, be leading um, initiatives in the space, which is fantastic because they have the resources to do so. Um, So if you look at the B Corp movement, for example, um, and B Corps are businesses that are better for people and the environment, so they look and use business as um, as a force for good. 
there are really big companies that are B Corps and it's not saying that they're perfect but they've identified areas where they can do better and they're working to improve those. I think within the brewing industry uh, the, it is quite naturally a more environmentally conscious industry because we're so close to the land you know all the ingredients are very natural barley um, hops yeast and water essentially is the ingredients to make beer so um, in, brewers tend to be more in touch anyway with the natural environment and the quality of those ingredients um, and I think you know the growing movement of craft beer drinkers and environmental environmentally conscious consumers that's come together um, at the same time really quite nicely so we're seeing um, other craft beer brands that are doing things around both environmental responsibility but also social responsibility so for example we've just done a collaboration with tap social movement and they work with ex-offenders um, to rehabilitate them by giving them not just brewery roles but back office and marketing type roles in the business as well um, and I think yeah we're, so we're seeing that across uh, the whole food industry and brewing in particular and then the bigger beer companies again similar to big food companies they're taking initiatives um, so we've seen particularly around packaging um, things being done to improve the environmental impact of packaging but also we're seeing bigger breweries buying up the smaller breweries so um, I think as um, they acquire new, new breweries they're also acquiring that passion for environmental consciousness and social consciousness. Bread waste is a great hornet's nest that the brewery community can take on. A study by RAP estimated 44% of all bread is thrown away because people do not get around to using it in time and worry it's stale. Bread is a huge problem. It's 44% of all the bread in the UK is not eaten. Um, and that happens um, in people's homes, but also throughout the bakery industry. Um, so it could be your local bakery has loaves left on the shelf at the end of the day because it's started to rain and people don't want to stop by the bakery. Um, it could be in a hotel, you know, the breakfast bars has the toast racks that um, are usually overstocked and so they have surplus at the end. Um, and for us, we work with the sandwich industry. So those sandwiches that you're buying at lunchtime in retail settings they never use the crust end of the loaf, so that's two slices of, of every loaf. Often they don't use that first slice either because it's slightly smaller and then sandwiches need to be a nice uniform square shape. Um, and so that could be four slices from every single loaf of bread um, that's usually being discarded. We, um, we are able to use that bread to create really delicious beer. We were inspired by a brewery in Belgium called the Brussels Beer Project. They've got a, real, a range of really great tasting beers and one of those they had paired with a local uh, bakery for, taken their surplus bread and turned it into Babylon, uh, which the name refers to the origins of brewing. It uh, is some, one of the first known methods of making beer was to ferment bread um, and so the, they've recognised that and um, Tristram Stewart um, was visiting the brewery back in 2015 and tried the beer, like, found it really delicious, it was a like, really great product 
and talked to the guys there. They were really open with us about sharing the recipe and working with us to develop something uh, for the UK market. Um, but not just to create a product, but to create a movement. So it's, it's almost like a message in a bottle where we are using surplus bread, but it's, it's a bigger, um, it has a bigger mission than that. It's about raising awareness of food waste and the delicious solutions to it and also to create revenue for a charity that's trying to address some of the underlying causes. So they had this great idea but they had to find a brewery willing to give it a go and a baker. The very first brew I was on the telephone first of all to find a brewer that would be willing to try this out with us because in itself brewing with bread comes with a lot of complexities. Uh, brewers are typically worried about a stuck mash tun, so the, the um, concentration of the bread at the bottom of the tun can prevent the beer from, um, from moving through the container. And then I phoned um, a, a lot of bakeries around Hackney and wider across London um, just to line up the, the surplus from the end of one day. Um, and get that to a central point where we could prepare it. So we worked with E5 Bakehouse in uh, London Fields in Hackney. Um, as a central point there, we sliced the bread. Uh, there was a team of about five of us, volunteers, slicing bread, drying the bread out, ready for the, the brew the next day. It was a pretty intensive operation, um, a lot of fun. Um, but we've learned a lot since then. So now we've, um, we've adapted the recipe so the bread doesn't have to be dried, which is great from a resource perspective, but also from an energy perspective. Um, we're able to work with one single sandwich factory and we just take some of the surplus from one of the day's production. They actually deliver it to the brewery. They donate the bread as well, otherwise it would be a waste management cost for them. So it doesn't have a cost associated for us. Um, and then we've, we've been working with the brewer for a long time now to perfect the method as well. Toaster Contract Brewing. Their first batch was with Hackney Brewery in 2015. We brewed our first batch with Hackney Brewery, um, our local brewer, um, back in 2015. We were contract brewing, so rather than investing in a brewery um, and taking the risks in that and that huge capital investment, we worked with an existing brewer that had capacity. We brewed our first beer. Uh, it was first tasted on Jamie Oliver's Friday Night Feast TV show. Uh, it was nerve-wracking for the whole team, uh, but he really liked it and uh, it was very well received um, by the public. So we've continued to grow since then. We've since moved breweries, so we now work with Waldtop, which is a brewery up in Yorkshire near Driffield, um, one of the most sustainable breweries in the UK. They, uh, they use barley that's grown on a farm um, adjacent to the brewery. They send their spent grain back to be used as animal feed or for composting. So there's a really nice circular story with the malt. Um, the bread forms one third of the malt bill, of the grain bill. Um, so we're also reducing the demands for, for barley, which in itself has an environmental impact because it requires land and water and energy to grow, um, to, to, to malt it um, and to transport it. Toasters grown to have a range of four beers, a pale ale, craft lager, session IPA and American pale ale. They're not currently planning to launch any further beers into their range. 
but we also have a an approach to collaboration that enables us to experiment with different beer styles with different breads as well uh, so we've to date done about 35 collaborations with brewers all over the world and um, we're going to continue with that it's a really nice way of working with a local bakery and a local brewer to create something that's quite unique um, a one-off collaboration um, that reflects the local area and the local story so we also from every one of those beers we work with a local charity um, and so we're giving back to that local community as well and those beer styles range from um, we did a non-alcoholic beer with Nirvana back in um, well in December for January for dry January um, and then we've done you know, stouts and porters um, we've got a coffee stout coming up um, with framework brewery in Leeds um, and then a whole range within that so and there's a really exciting one that we've been working on uh, recently with um, Stroud Brewery which is another B Corp brewery they're purely organic as well they have created um, a, an amber ale that is a collaboration with Hobbs House Bakery, which is a really nice um, real bread organic bakery. For Toast, collaboration is crucial. Louise has said it's pretty much the point of what they're doing. Toast want to lead the way in helping breweries cut down on food waste, and they know they won't make an impact on their own. You know, we can't do this alone. We've open sourced the recipe so that homebrewers can go onto our website and they can download that and they can use up the part of the loaf that they're not going to get through. They can freeze that and then save that for when they're, they're brewing at home. Um, and then we also work with brewers directly, uh, sharing our skills. So our master brewer will go to the brewery and work with the brewer, uh, the head brewer there, to devise a recipe um, and also to, to teach them some of the tricks of the trade around brewing with bread. And then we also just offer support to other breweries. So from all around the world, we've had brewers contact us and just ask questions um, or support um, for what they're doing. And we're, we are, we're very supportive of, uh, of other breweries being part of this, rev, what we call a revolution. Louise has said that in one single bottle, there's about one slice of bread. Toaster also celebrated upcycling one million slices of bread earlier in 2019. That was huge for us. Um, yeah, if you stack it all up, it gets to one and a half times the height of Everest. So just to give you an idea of the perspective. Well, that's a massive feat. They're not done. Far from it. Toast have got more goals to reach. And this one has them going back to the beginning. They're taking another look at their recipe. We're also doing some experimentation at the moment to increase the amount of bread that we can use in, in our beers. At the moment it's about 30%, 33%, because we require the enzymes that are are naturally present in the barley to break down the carbohydrates um, into simple sugars that the yeast then eats up to turn into alcohol um, but if we can add enzymes from other sources and, uh, then we can put more bread into the beer so we're experimenting a little bit at the moment to make it um, more efficient in terms of the, the bread juice. Brewer's Journal podcast is a production of Ruby Media. The host was me, Rian Owen. Special thanks to Toast Ale, mixing and editing by John Young. A big thanks to Josh Henderson for making this possible. Music is from Pond5. The executive, always ethical producer is Rory Harris. 
We'll be back in two weeks with more. If you like this podcast, please leave us a comment or review on your podcast app. This really helps others hear about us or simply tell a friend to have a listen. Brewer's Journal podcast can be found on all major podcast apps. Find out more about us online at rebe.media.